Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Cork today on C103. And sitting in the comfort of your armchair, that's the kind of gardening we're doing uh, today. A lot of questions uh, coming in for Peter Dowdrill, theirishgardener.com. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon. Like you were saying, people sitting in the armchair, and that's the only type of gardening I would recommend today, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, there's a lot of trees. We're getting a lot of reports in of uh, trees down. Some of them are very old trees. It's sad, but you know... It- it's it's very sad to see a big tree coming down, an old tree coming down. But it's uh, it's kind of it's also if you look at it the other way around, it's in the way of things. These things happen, and I suppose uh, when that comes down, that's one ecosystem going, but it's it's leaving space for a new one to begin. So mm. it, it's it's constantly changing, always changing. But it's always um, worthwhile following a storm like today's storm tomorrow to go out if you do have trees to make and look and see, you know, branches can get damaged. They mightn't have come down completely, but they could come down on the next storm. Absolutely correct. Yeah, and particularly with the amount of water as well, the soil is going to be so much softer. And if we do get another gust of wind, trees will, will be loosened today, if you like, and they will become vulnerable Say in immediate danger would be branches that may have been kind of half blown off or some bit of damage. Always better to to get the tree surgeons in and get the preempt the damage. And whilst it may cost you a few euros, it'll cost you a lot less than than a branch or a tree falling on top of the car or on top of the house. So uh, it do take action with with trees. Uh, not not no not today, but after the event. Yes. Okay, some of the questions coming in. Uh, George is harvesting apples, or he was this week, in his orchard. Now, he said some of them are going off and actually beginning to rot. He's wondering, does he put the ones that are rotting onto his compost heap or would there be a danger he'd spread disease? No, compost. They put them into the compost heap. No, uh, unless they were diseased in the first place. And you know what? Even then, I'd still am putting them in, in into the compost bin. Absolutely no problem, yeah. Uh, when is the right time to plant rhubarb stools? You plant them during the winter, really. You plant them kind of any time between November and February when they're dormant. That's when they're lifted out of the ground. We're lifted earlier and then you for replanting any time between November and February um, if you can get them pot grown so that they're not just stools they're actually growing plants uh, you may be able to get them growing in pots in garden centres in which case you can plant them at any time of the year but if you're planting them bare root as just stools that will be during the middle of the winter yeah Hi uh, Peter I've dahlias growing in pots in a polytunnel do I leave them dry out or do I need to empty them out of the pots when they're when they're finished flowering, so I suppose yeah. What what you should do with with dahlias, there, but you treat them a bit like bulbs, Trish, in that you take the tubers out of the ground when they're finished flowering and plant them out. Then late in, later in the year or earlier the following year, if you know what I mean, so you plant them out again in kind of February. But when you have them growing in a pot, the reason you do that is to, in case they, they get overly wet during the winter or in case it gets particularly cold during the winter. But when you have them growing as the colour has in pots in a polytunnel those kind of risks are gone from you really because you can control the environment so yeah I would certainly just let them dry out and leave them in the pots in a polytunnel situation yeah 
Okay, gardening question for Peter. When is the best time to move a Mount Brescia plant, the wild orange flower? The best time to move anything is during the winter months because that's when, when you're taking it out of the soil, that's when the, the plants aren't active. So that any damage that you do to the root system, uh, you know, can, can be fixed before it starts growing. Now, Mount Brescia, uh, whilst it's beautiful, beautiful in the wild, it's a thug of a plant. So it, it really doesn't matter when you lift it, you're not going to damage it. It'll grow anytime. Um, so the, 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 the advice remains the correct time to do it will be during the winter months. But if you needed to move it earlier, uh, you, you will get away with it. It'll die back for the rest of this year, but it'll come on no problem next year. Now, just, um, just to note, of course, that you're not supposed to take anything from the wild. So don't remove it from the wild. But if it's in your garden and you, you want to move it somewhere, then that's fine but it'd be during as I say ideally the winter months So you're not allowed because there's always a lot of Montbrisha in I love it I have to say there's always a lot of Montbrisha in West Cork so you're not allowed to just go out and dig some out of the side of the ditch no? No you're not allowed to remove plants from the wild um, but Montbrisha has no problem spreading so you'll always you'll always uh, find somebody with it in their garden if you want who'll who'll give you some Yeah okay Um, Somebody wants to know does Peter know if the government or any government department offers any grants or incentives to people, now not farmers, but people who will be willing to provide some land to establish wildlife habitats or perhaps grow native species, not spruce trees? Uh, I'm I'm laughing because I wish we had such a far-sighted government. To the best of my knowledge, no. Uh, but obviously, I don't know of all the the government grants and agencies that are out there. So uh, perhaps, but to the best of my knowledge, absolutely not. No, oh, no. Okay. You, you, you probably want to be doing it on a a commercial basis. You know, to, if you want to make money out of it, you want to be doing it on a commercial basis where maybe you were harvesting the seed or selling some wildflower plants off it or something like that. But to the best of my knowledge, there aren't grants. But but, but perhaps I'm wrong. Okay, if anybody knows, please, please let us know and we'll pass it on to that listener. Maura says, advice please on how best to propagate geraniums. Also, when is the best time to prune hydrangea? Silver dollar has pointed head, not mop head. Lastly, when scented rhododendrons, what scented rhododendrons would you recommend? Okay, there's a lot in there. Okay, let's start. When, when is the best time to propagate geraniums? Okay, the best time to propagate geraniums will be during the kind of late summer, but getting a bit late now. But if you do have a greenhouse or a polytunnel, you will still be able to do it uh, for, during the month of September. It's been very, very warm. So you take take a cutting about four inches in length, cut at a node, which is just where the leaf meets the stem trish. That'll be the base of your cutting into a bit of rooting powder or rooting gel. Uh, and they, you know, remove all but one pair of leaves and they root away quite quickly for you. Even if you put them in a, uh, when we had the old milk bottles and you put them into a milk bottle full of water, they'd, they'd root away in that. But but a little small pot full of compost and they root away for you. Um, you'd want to be doing it fairly quickly now. Though, as I say, any time from kind of July to September is the time to do it. Cutting back hydrangea, silver dollar, it's one of the paniculata ones to the best of my knowledge so yeah, I would still wait though I would wait till the far side of the winter before I cut it back but it's it's one of these ones where it doesn't rely on the seven nodes that we've often talked about Trisha that, that's not important with these ones but I would leave it till February maybe early March before cutting it back quite hard and the third part oh the scented, scented rhododendrons which ones would I recommend yeah yeah, so there, there's few enough scented rhododendrons. So if you look at uh, uh, the deciduous azaleas, which without getting too far into the world of horticulture are actually rhododendrons. So deciduous azaleas, a lot of the naphill hybrids are quite strongly scented and they're gorgeous. And then uh, the, the, the kind of classic large evergreen rhododendrons that we all call rhododendrons, if you like, to the best of my knowledge, 
some of the only scented ones are, are what we call the Loderai hybrids from Leonardsley Gardens in the UK. So you have things like Loderai King George, and there's a few other Loderai hybrids which are strongly scented. Really, really beautiful plants, um, but slow. And I mean, they can, they, they can. I remember planting some in my parents' garden, and the, the plants had to be 15 years and more before they'd flower. So they wow. are slow. But uh, if time is on your hands, plant them and, and enjoy them in 15 years' time if you can get them. That's the next thing. Yeah, and I love rhododendrons again. When I talk about the Bumbrisha in West Cork, rhododendrons. Uh, I, I love the rhododendrons in, in West Cork as well. OK, um, Peter, this is relupins. Do you need do you need to cut them back or will they just die back of their own accord? And also any recommendations to fill the gap in the bed over the winter where the lupins currently are? I would recommend cutting them back because, um, they, they, number one, for cleanliness and tidiness. If for, first of all, they flower earlier in the summer. And if you cut them back after flowering, you can often lead to a second flush of flowering. Um, uh, so, But that that's obviously too late for that now. You won't get as, any more flowers from the lupins now. But I would cut them back from tidiness. And also, if you leave them, it can lead to, as the, that material dies off, lupins can be a bit a bit temperamental in terms of of dying off so uh, as that uh, the growth above the ground is dying off uh, infection can get in so i would i would recommend cutting them back as opposed to waiting for them to die off in terms of something like where the lupin is i wouldn't put something too close to it to fill that gap because again they can be a bit temperamental right and you don't want to plant obviously right on top of it because the lupin you'll, you'll destroy the lupin, so you would want to plant near it but not too close to it. And obviously, you'd want something evergreen. So what I would be inclined to do in a situation like that is, the reason I say obviously it'll have to be evergreen is because we're coming into the winter months. The lupin will fill the space, let's say, from March to now. Um, but now you need something that's going to give winter colour. So that'll be, it, it won't necessarily be winter flower. You'll be looking at more like winter foliage or winter stem or something like that because we don't really have winter perennials, if you like. We do have a few, but not so many. So I would look at something like maybe a nice tall ornamental grass that will complement the lupin during the, winter, the summer and look well with the lupin when it's in flower. But equally then, when the lupin dies off, the grass has a, it takes centre stage. Um, the garden is never as full of colour, if you like, in the winter, but it can be very beautiful, but just more simple. So things like grasses and that really come into their own then. So that's probably what I'd look at. Maybe something like stippa ponytails uh, or a millennia or dechampsia, but a nice, uh, oh, sorry, not millennia or dechampsia, because they'll be gone actually for the winter. So maybe the stippa ponytails would be a good one to go for there next to the lupin. OK, and a final one for somebody who grew sunflowers for the first time. I grew three of them. They grew to over six feet tall. They are still standing, but the heads look dead. Now, will these bloom again next year or do I throw them out and start all over again next year? And for next year, how do I get them to grow to 10 to 12 feet? Um, so the couple of the couple of things in that. No, those plants won't come next year provide, uh, uh, unless they're a perennial form of sunflower, which I would imagine they're not because what we love and, and know as sunflowers are a plant called Helianthus anus, anus meaning annual one year. So if, if it's the classic six, seven foot high sunflower, no, that's an annual and will only be the one year. But don't throw them out because you can collect the seeds and that's how you go again. So it, it, they say that they're standing still there, but they look dead. I'd say they probably won't be standing by the end of today. Um, <laughs> but the seed heads, the seed heads on them, if you cut off the seed head, which is your dead flower, just, you know, if you can imagine turning it upside down into an old paper bag, like a paper bag from one of the shops uh, and just 
let it hang into that paper bag, maybe suspend it above it with a bit of string or something, just so it can drop the seeds. As they dry, the seeds can drop into the, the bag or you can brush them into the bag. And those seeds, well, you can use them for, for, for eating or for the birds, but also they'll grow into new sunflowers next year. Now, how you get the, the, the 10 and 12 foot high ones it's not so much any magic trick. It's to do with the variety that you're getting. So there will be some varieties that will grow taller than others. So just a quick search online. The seeds that you've, you're harvesting from this year's one won't actually. They'll probably grow slightly smaller than this year's one because they're beginning to adapt to the Irish climate, which is a bit more windy than where they're, they're, they're native to. So it'll actually probably begin to be a bit smaller as, as you collect the seed. So look for one. Now, off the top of my head, I can't tell you the name of one that's going to get to 10 or 12 feet, but a quick search online and you'd fire in a garden centre and you'd find one easily enough. OK. All right, we leave it there. Have a lovely week and stay dry and stay safe. I certainly will. And you, Trish. Thanks, Thanks Peter. Thanks, Peter. Somebody says, uh, Peter Dowdle is such a gentleman and so knowledgeable. Yeah, he's a, a mine of information. Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.